Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Coffee podcast. My name is Ran. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. And we are back with our episode by episode episode recap. And we are starting with Dear Billy, which obviously took the internet, well, the internet went a bit mad over this episode, to be fair. And fun fact behind the scenes, this is the third time recording this because we've made mistakes every time. Yes, Dear Billy has taken the world by storm. Emily once again has to hear my, did you know that Kate Bush actually broke three records because Running Up That Hill was in the charts? Did she? I she didn't did. know that. She did. What records did she win? <laughs> Honestly, my brain is fried, but no, she 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 won records. For one some of them was reason, like... what's coming into my mind out of nowhere is that she won an award for like the longest time from being released to then getting to a number one. Do you know what? That is kind of in my head as well. Like I'm just, I cannot, yeah, that's, I cannot believe you would have guessed that, you know? I mean, I'm just amazing. <laughs> You're just amazing. So yeah, we're going to talk about Dear Billy, which is, is a weird one because it's not either of our favorite i enjoyed it it's a good episode but like it's not our favorite of the season oh I, i'm very clear that it's not my favorite of the season. <laughs> i really like it but it's it yeah but episode seven remains supreme even having seen the entire season episode seven and i will stand by that is the best one because i think the stuff in the lab the reveal at the end everything about for me that was a perfect episode of stranger things I'm putting it out there. But we're not here to talk about episode seven today. We're here to talk about episode four, titled Dear Billy. But before we talk about episode four, there are many places you can find us to talk about things that are not episode four and are things that are strange things related that are definitely done in one take. And those places are wherever you can find a podcast. And also you can talk to us on social media at Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast or YouTube and Tumblr at Hawkins Do You Copy and maybe even HawkinsDoYouCopy.com if you're feeling fancy. And if we're feeling fancy and actually get it done. <laughs> we might finish it one day. Yeah, I mean, we've literally just had this conversation. What, what a weird one. <laughs> yeah, it's like deja vu in the words of Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> So this, this episode starts with Will, Jonathan and Mike on the sofa being told that Elle has gone to help and they are being essentially cut off from the world and they can't do anything. Um, and I'd written in my notes that I really like seeing this because you see how, like, they're not used to being told what to do. They're used to just acting, like, in the moment. Like, they're used to, like just jumping straight in and trying to sort everything out themselves because no one's ever taken them seriously before. And, you know, there's a, they haven't received as much help as they probably should have. So you sort of do see that in the frustration with all three of them, even Jonathan trying to sort of be like the adult of the house and, and help. You do see his frustration as well. And this kind of, I can't believe we're being told what to do when actually by people that have not always helped us i mean you you said you said um, when we recorded before about owens which obviously we he do, he does help them quite a lot it's nice to see will acknowledge that yeah. i think it's a little bit later in the episode obviously at the beginning all of them are just kind of very what what we meant to do when this is happening there we we can't do anything or 
whatever but I think it's nice to have that moment even if he's kind of like was you guys that actually did it it's nice to see him kind of go yeah it's been really good to me and Elle and the family and so it would have been nice to have seen that little gap in between I think to see because clearly they had some kind of influence in getting the buyers to California I think definitely says it later on in episode actually does he say it in episode three to Elle he does, in episode three, he says to her, I chose Lenora because it was as far away as possible. Yeah, so, you know, so we, there's been something there with that. So it, it would have been nice to have seen it, even if it was in the form of a comic. I mean, there's no harm, no harm in that. I also refuse to believe that, from what I know from my American geography, which is, you know, not brilliant, Nevada and California are really not that far apart. So as much as he was sort of like, I'm going to... Um, take you as far away from Hawkins as possible. I refuse to believe that it did not have a say that he wanted to get her as close as he could without being suspicious to the Nina project. I am going to give Owens, though, a bit of benefit (laughs) of the doubt here because apparently in this house, I really support Sam Owens. I like Sam Owens, but he is a a government man and we have to... I do think with him, though... It would have been a, I will get you close there, but in a sense of, this is a last resort Result. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, they say they kind of, they've monitored the situation in Hawkins yeah. anyway. So I, I do think that if, if nothing ever happened, I don't think he would have called upon Elle and been like, hey, do you want to do something fun yeah no i agree i i don't think it was something that he was actively thinking was going to happen or that he was going to take her to unless it was like you said the absolute last resort or if she actually kind of said to herself you know what i miss (laughs) the thing is if i was telekinetic and that was taken away from me i would be so annoyed because what an ability to have i wish i was telekinetic I suppose it's a weird thing, though, because I suppose in some way it did kind of give her the opportunity to have a normal life. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, in a weird way, that was kind of what they were getting at in season three. With the whole thing of, you know, be you, don't be Mike or Popper or what they want you to be. Yeah. I don't know. It does. I don't know. It is kind of thing, though. It feels a bit convenient to get rid of the powers a little bit tiny bit after we have that scene we also have the max reveal i have spoken a lot about how i love the influence from the ring because i think that the ring is a very good horror movie and i think that the the plot of the ring is really good and you can really see that it was an influence in this episode you know when she says chrissy's headache started a week ago uh fred six days ago i've been having them for five days like that that reveal was really really well done and you know it was really emotional and also very max like it that kind of came across really well and you got to see this kind of really more vulnerable side of her when you sort of see how terrified she is so I really I really loved that whole scene actually and the reunion with Lucas was very very Stranger Things yeah when Lucas come back I, I think it was just it was really nice it had that little bit of humor yeah but at the same time I think watching you kind of knew who it was going to be Oh, like, yeah. Th- there was yeah. no doubt that it wasn't going to be Lucas. 
popping back in again because it, it wouldn't have been anything in, in the same kind of way where I said I didn't like the moment when they were like oh should we even be here in the trailer yeah. park it's, it was that energy but better <laughs> but yeah the whole Max reveal scene I think was really nice especially kind of how you saw all of the symptoms well I'll say symptoms but all the symptoms kind of coming together and like the moment where she has the nosebleed on the maths were I think it was maths where Mike kind of gives her a look like what are you doing I think it was just tying it all together and I think that's something that you also kind of see later on in the Victor Cruel yeah flashbacks I think it was nice kind of to have that continuity I mean in fact you see it through the entirety of the season really just like the little bits and I think it was nice to kind of just keep reminding people of that I have a question for you which is post credit well post opening credits Erica and Jason so she opens the the episode after the opening credits and answers the door and obviously that is just an immediate thing so that we know that because we know Jason knows Lucas has a sister who plays D&D but he doesn't know what she looks like so obviously this was to set up so that he could figure out so that he knew what she looks like. Do you think Erica in that moment is slightly wary of him? Because she's she sort of keeps that Erica-ness to, about, about it the whole conversation. And, you know, she doesn't... She, like, slams the door on him on everything. But when he puts his foot in the way to stop her closing the door the first time, she has this look on her face. And, and it's not like a, oh, he, like, dared to question what I said or whatever, because, you know, she would absolutely just like she did just completely shut him down but it's this look of like not not like concern but like this sort of wariness of like who is this guy and I wonder if that was intentional or not no I think it would be intentional it makes sense because he kind of he's very nice yeah at the beginning and he he kind of he keeps that nice ish attitude for Al. I think it was kind of probably also kind of set up that he's you know there's kind of something else going on with him at the same time yeah because really from that moment it starts to get a bit like we're going on a manhunt which I mean they kind yeah. of did in fairness when Lucas was there probably episode four is when more of that switch definitely yeah. starts to happen a little bit more i agree she has the same look on her face that lucas had on his when he beats up the uh eddie's friend in the band mm. that moment of like oh okay this this dude's like not playing and i think that was that was like quite an interesting um little moment and then i think is it i think it, we then go on to max writing the letters and everyone's sort of talking about victor creel yeah I would like to know the letters. <laughs> Me um, too. I, I, I've got a feeling, I don't know, it might have just been forgotten about, to be honest, and we just won't talk about it again. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Lucas's in season yeah, five. I think you'll see Lucas's. I think that he's probably already read it as well. Yeah, yeah I, I don't imagine you'll see the rest of them. No. I'd be very interested... To know what she said about some of them like there was a few people who were like what would she say about steve and in particular what would she say about will because they do not talk i do really like the fact though that she did write one for steve will and mike and yeah. that also in her running up the hill montage mike is in that the scene with the skateboard in yeah. the gym for season two i really i really liked that i like that she included them and 
Like, because she didn't have to include them, but, you know, she clearly considers all of them her friends. Yeah. I, I'm really glad as well you saw a lot of Dustin in her flashbacks. Yeah. That the main focuses, obviously, were Dustin, uh, Elle, and Lucas. And I thought, you know what? We haven't forgotten that. Because obviously they were together a lot in season two. I know there was a bit of a love triangle going on, but you know what I mean that there was kind of a real focus so I'm glad she's actually kind of picked up on yeah Dustin more so because I mean Lucas is kind of obvious yeah but oh yeah, think, yeah 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 but, but that's what I quite liked about season four though that you actually kind of had her and Dustin teaming up a little bit mm. I think yeah that, that that was nice to see in general really I liked that and I liked sort of the scene when they were they were all in the basement well it was just those four in the basement I thought that was really good mm. and sort of like the the comedic of of those situations Dustin also says as far as we know Eleven didn't create the Upside Down she opened a gate to it in that scene and obviously yeah we know she didn't create the Upside Down but it does make me think are we going to find out in season 5 what did create the Upside Down yeah I think the Duffers have said basically every, I, don't quote me on this but I'm sure they've said basically everything to do with the Upside Down is, solved. is, season, is a season 5 thing because they at one point were tempted to not include Obviously, this is a later episode. This is episode seven, I think, thing. But they were tempted to not include it being frozen on the day Will went missing. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were like, do we put it in? Because we're not actually going to talk about this until season five. Right, okay. So, yeah, I, I imagine then everything to do with that is going to be pushed there. Because there's also a lot of people saying that where Henry first is, they don't know if that's the upside down. Like, general people online are like, is that the upside down then before he corrupted it? Or is this somewhere completely different? Because yeah. it doesn't, I, I don't know how it could change. Well, I mean, it's had years of, a couple of years of corruption and stuff, but I don't know how it could change that much. Especially when Henry has his own place in there as well, which is the red area, which we don't quite know yeah. what that is either. We don't really know how Max and Elle actually got in there. Yeah, and Henry had, powers before he was in there yeah i mean if will created it that would kind of make sense because if henry's got his own space that they can enter yeah i just enjoy giving will a part <laughs> but then <laughs> Which would I, will yeah. have created it how would will have created it years after he created it all when he first entered yeah if he's living in fantasy, if he's living in D&D world, yeah. it's based on the never, right? Yeah. In his mind, then, it's somewhere where he wouldn't like to be or whatever. So, of so he D&D. created it before Elle sent him there. So he before Elle sent Henry there. Because Elle didn't send Henry to the Upside Down. He sent, he sent him she, to this other place. This other. If we go with the idea that where he went isn't the Upside wasn't Down. Wasn't the Upside Down. And then yeah. Henry curated his own space, which is the red area of the house. Yeah, because it is just the house. Yeah, it's just the house in that. I mean, Will, that would essentially mean that Will was essentially created Hawkins, which is a bit far-fetched. But if you're going with the idea that he's created something, yeah. you know, it kind of like a D&D game, essentially, because that's what yeah. he last did. And he keeps saying the Demogorgon, it got me, I rolled a seven. In his mind, it's going to make sense to go D&D. Yeah. And then maybe he did. L. 
I don't know. It, it, it kind of doesn't stand up on its own, but I don't know. We'll find out in about five years. <laughs> in about five years. One thing that this episode, that well, this season, to be honest, that I found a bit weird, it's like, why is there like a running joke about how frustrated Steve is that he's the babysitter? When we see in season three, like... Justin gets back from camp and he's just like so excited to be with mm. him and like obviously he but like this whole is it because he's like jealous of Eddie I know that sounds weird but is it supposed to be that he's like I'm not the babysitter because he's a little bit oh Justin's found a new friend so like I'm not gonna hang out with Justin I think so <laughs> I, this it was like a obviously it's not a love triangle it's like a weird sort of friendship triangle thing yeah push, which I don't quite I don't know what it did, and I still don't know no. what it did. Like, if I was Dustin, I'd be really annoyed that Steve was constantly complaining about hanging out with me. Yeah, like, I I enjoyed the relationship, weirdly. Yeah. I think, to be honest, I kind of enjoyed that a bit more than I did in season three, because it felt like Steve was a bit more, like, Steve again. Yeah. He was also very, like, big brothery. Yeah, but then at the same time... We have kind of gone back on all the character development we had for Steve to then yeah. end up in... It's, it's a weird... It's, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what they were trying to aim for. And it did work. He got some funny moments out of it. But I feel like Steve wouldn't complain about being the babysitter that much. Especially since he's talking with Nancy later on in the season. Like, yeah, I just want six, six kids, kids to go on a road trip with you as my wife, Nancy. <laughs> and like the six and like in season two he's like I may not have been a very good boyfriend but I'm a damn good babysitter like why the sudden I don't want to be the babysitter thing I don't know it's just a bit, it's a bit funny Robin in Nancy's room was absolutely delightful obsessed with that just whole situation their whole friendship to be honest was really really good and like I think that they really like learn from each other but I also think that Nancy actually learns a lot from Robin like yeah. in that sense like I enjoy the way that Nancy sort of is very you know oh we have to look the part and we have to look like this and we have to do this but actually it's Robin's speech that gets yeah. them the thing and I think Nancy kind of would benefit from take, taking things from her which she obviously does do and listens and, it, and it's really good I love Robin's whole speech about like men in science and stuff and how he would have immediate like if it was a if they were men they would have immediately got a like approved visitation and i know obviously she's not actually studying <laughs> uh, criminal behavior and stuff but the way that she, like what she says is completely right like men are so much more likely to get jobs in positions like that and to get experience in positions like that mm. than women are and i think that was a really like important speech that she had and I I liked that a lot. Yeah, it was interesting as well. So it kind of started to blur the lines of is she acting now? Because I don't think she is. Yeah. Like, and I think it it just really kind of flowed. And then obviously it took you right back into Stranger Things. He was like, Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Let's go. But yeah, no, I did I did really like that. I think that that's like a, like a really important speech and but one of my favourite parts of the season I think but obviously they see Victor Creel 
the scratching of his nails on the table gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a moment, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I think It's weird, there's part of me that's like, I wish we saw more of Victor Krill, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think I want to. Because yeah. I think, actually, that kind of little bit there gave you enough. I don't very impactful. Really, yeah, I, I don't really want any more of him like i don't want i don't want him to find out about henry i don't want him to find out about henry i hope no one knows i think as as tormented as he is about everything that happened to his family i think he would be even more tormented knowing it was henry that did it yeah and that he rescued him as well and that he rescued him i agree i absolutely agree with that we also have the scenes in california the scene where will and mike talk i have a question yeah. Why on earth does he throw away the letter? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, obviously, plot device, but why? I like that in that scene you see Will being Elle's brother when he's like, as if anyone could contain any of this without Ellen. You can see that he's stressed because he's worrying about Joyce because he says mum's probably having a panic attack because she can't get hold of them. Oh, Will going on an absolute ramble. Yeah. Was amazing, just throwing a ball. Like, yeah. This without L, just like oh, it's like oh, but like he's so right, him. like love and you, bias. <laughs> he is such a brother yeah. in that scene, you know. Mm. And I actually, I'm gonna say an unpopular opinion. He actually seems in this season, and that's one of the scenes where it is does seem that he and L have gotten closer than L and Mike, and obviously. Elle and Will is in a sibling way. Sorry to all you shippers out there. Um, but you can see that Will and Elle have really become like brother and sister. And she really matters matters to him yeah. in that sense. Yeah, I don't think that's unpopular. I think, I think there's been a lot going on with Mike and Elle that we haven't seen. But yeah. obviously we kind of know that Elle's been lying the entire time. Yeah. Well, we're assuming the entire time anyway. The same, she's got lots of friends, got lots of this, lots like that. And I think for both of them, kind of like how I think I said it for when Mike picks up that Will, Will could have made, you know, the effort and called as well. Yeah. I think it's that kind of same sort of situation there. They're both like, like Will was probably, for obvious reasons, kind of like, I don't want to kind of let you know what's really going on because. You, you'll kind of figure out everything. I, I feel like it was probably the same for Elle in her mind that if I kind of just open up all this and you're going to think of that, you're going to think of that. And obviously Mike has got his own thing going on where he obviously is waiting for Elle to sort of turn around and be like, I just don't need you now. And I, I think I think that's probably what it is. And I think they were both probably trying so hard to keep everything the same and keep everything like oh, we're, we're good we're, we're perfect she's like i love you she's like i care for you and, <laughs> and I, I think i don't think it's that will and l were closer i think it's probably that will and l felt like they probably could open up in a way it was kind of you know stalled a little bit between mike and l and obviously distance as well. Also distance and like they're in the same, you know, Elle and Will are in the same house and like the same age. They are, you know, going to go to each other and they have sort of had this relationship and they've sort of, they have become siblings. So I think 
I think it, you know, that that obviously was what was going to happen. So I quite, I quite liked, I quite liked that they didn't hate each other. And I also really liked that this was one of the scenes where you could really see like brother will kind of come, come through. What I would um, have liked to have seen though, not hatred. I would like to see a bit of sibling bickering, but. Like, I guess they do at the roller ring. I know, but I would have liked to, yeah, that kind of, I would have just liked to see little bits like that, but in a nice way. Not yeah. will literally just being like. Oh, you know, since you come here a lot, he's gonna know, you know, and just kind of just going in on the attack. Uh, but you know what I mean? You know, like how siblings wind each other up. I think that would have been nice to see a little bit, even if it was in their introduction. Yeah, like something. This could sound really fanficy, but like one of them's running late, and someone does something. Someone does something. Like the just you know, it kind of set up the dynamic. Yeah. But I imagine that's something that also would have been in those few months that we didn't see. Yeah. So can the comic writers please write that? That's what I want the spin-off to be. Can the spin-off just be those months? The adventures of the buyers. Sibling, Will and Elle, please. I still don't understand, though, why the letter was thrown away. I know, as we said, it's plot convenience. But I feel like he threw it away so aggressive. Will just like, it's not going to change if you read that. I'm like, yeah, like, you're right. Put in the bin. Like, <laughs> there's there's no reason. For it. He's got his little pocket. Yeah. On his t-shirt. Pop it in there. Plot device. Can we also please just appreciate, can we just appreciate the sarcastic pettiness of L signing that letter from L? Like, he doesn't have to say love, and he doesn't have to say he loves her. Of course he doesn't. But I, I do appreciate the uh, the pettiness of fine. Fine. From L. He still didn't need to throw it away, though. He it's didn't not, need to throw it away. It's not even the fact he threw it away. It's the fact he screwed it up. Yeah. And then threw it in the bin. Because that's not what Will was going for. Will was just no. genuinely trying to be like, look, it's not going to change anything. Because also, as well... You don't know when you're going to see her again. And yeah, I, I imagine he's going to have probably lots of letters at home and stuff. But if that's the last time you're potentially going to see her and you're seeing letters like, I've gone away to be a superhero from Elle, would you not think... I'll keep that one. Maybe I should keep that. <laughs> Just keep that. Just so we know where she is as well, if anything happens. Exactly. Yeah, no, there was it was weird that he threw it away. But yeah, plot device, that's the only reason. Well, if we're sticking in California... We then have a later scene where we have, you know, BFFs being BFFs. Tender emotional music. Tender emotional music begins. The crying eyes. Literally the emoji with the couple of dots in the eyes and like the pleading face. I just need Will to know that he can do better <laughs> and that he should just... Just... You know, not carry the the art around. Just focus, focus on you, and focus on boys that aren't like Wheeler. You know what, though, it's sweet. It is sweet. <laughs> it is. It is sweet. First crush. First crushes. And also, oh, it's so just, sweet. For me, I think I'm surprised they actually did it. Yeah, I, I'm still surprised it was actually a thing they did in the show. I think it does make sense. I think people saying it came from nowhere. I think if it was going to be anyone in the party, it makes perfect sense, especially from season two onwards, that it was going Absolutely. to be like. Absolutely. So 
yeah, I, I think that kind of the, the seed had been planted. Right, it had. from crazy together let's be honest oh yeah like you see his face on crazy together and it's the same face that he pulls when mike says like we'll work together we'll be friends best, best friends. friends like the look on will's face is the same look on will's face when mike said crazy together in season two for me i feel like it can only end one way right yeah he's gonna have to say something but I'm just a bit like, I don't know how they're going to resolve this. Yeah. Because it feels weirdly left open in a sense where, I mean, it feels like we're safe, basically. Because yeah. if, if it gets into season five and you have the moment where he's like, I have to tell you this because we're at the end of the world. Which I imagine it's probably what's going to happen here because I feel like it's been left in a situation where too many people know half truths and jonathan yes. kind of knows what's going on and th- they've said it's going to be a coming of age story for will which also has supernatural elements so we're going to wrap up this entire storyline here yeah if he then then is like mike look this is it and then vector comes along like okay time to die <laughs> i feel like you know what i mean that you you can't do that no so i just and I know it's not the point of it. it it's not. But it, it just feels weirdly in a weird place. Yeah. I kind of wish they'd resolved it a bit more in this season. There's a weird limbo about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wish that it had been wrapped up at the end. Of, I, I agree. I, kind of when he was talking with Jonathan. Yeah. I know that he had to talk with Jonathan, but I kind of wish they'd kind of just gone, Mike, this is what's happening. Or even did it when he was passing the painting. Yeah. But that would mean the painting would have to come later because it, I don't know. No, I know what you mean. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I think there's just so much happening in season five. It's just going to be interesting to see how they kind of do it. I don't know how they're going to do Will's plot. No. The more I think about it. So much. Because they're normal normal length episodes as well. There's only eight of them. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, how are you going to do this? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of living for it because he has deserved a plot since season two. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it needs to be good. It does feel a little bit like he's going to be juggling (laughs) with a lot of storylines here that we've rushed to wrap up. And I feel like we could have solved this by having part of season four's plot. In season yep. three. Yep. And then wrapping that up in spring break. Yeah. But I'm not a writer. <laughs> so I, I, I can't comment and I, I'll trust they'll do it. Right? I mean, they pretty much pulled off season four. But it I is. just feel like... I don't know. I agree. The, I agree. It's, just, it's one of those things. I'm glad the storyline exists. I think it makes sense for Will. I think the way they've gone about it in season four is fine and it's good and it makes sense for him as a character. I just feel like the way that there's loose ends have been tied up, especially with him, I don't really... I don't know. It's like the opposite of Game of Thrones. And so, like the, Game of Thrones rushed everything. Yeah. These lot are dragging it out. They're going to run out yeah. of time. And then by that logic, it will be rushed. It will be rushed. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully they've they've got it planned and they'll know how to deal with it. Imagine but, yeah. if episode three of season three, we didn't just leave his storyline there. 
Maybe what well, that would have just been amazing. Can you imagine? We don't leave it on. It's not my fault you don't like girls and Castle Barrios destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. God. Jesus. But no, all in all, that scene, I, I do think it was nice. I think the mo just the look in his eyes as well, it was lovely. And I think it was nice to just have Will and Mike talk and kind of mm-hmm. just refresh themselves as best friends. Yeah. Again, even if one is kind of thinking, but I want it to be more. <laughs> I, I think it was it was nice to kind of get back to how they were a little bit in season two. Because I think their friendship in season two was so nice. Yeah, it like, was. It, it, it was. And I feel like that was another thing that was kind of weirdly dragged out in season three. And we kind of half resolved it. And then we were sort of going back to it again in season four to then resolve it here again. Yeah. Which... We, I thought we sorted it out at the end of season three, but apparently not. But no, that was just really nice. And the moment he picked up the painting as well, and you can see him kind of like, I'm going to do it. It just... Yeah. Oh, it, it was it was really nice. It was really nice. Yeah. And then it the, all went down with a shootout. I was say, the following scene was not as, as nice. That scene, there was brilliant cinema, like brilliant cinematography, because if it was one shot, I believe. Like they um obviously they rehearsed it, but I I think it was a one shot. Yeah. Which was really good. Like I love the way they did that. You could tell that it was a Sean Levy episode. Yeah. And I really, really loved the way that he, he did that and he recorded that. I think that was that was brilliant. That was such a good action felt like an action sequence and really kind of felt like action movie esque. My favourite moment is when Mike Wheeler gets out of there. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> just leaves. Not not care about anyone else in that room. He's yep. gone. <laughs> but yeah, it, that is a re- a really good scene, and the way they sort of did that with the cinematography was 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 really good. So no other. There we obviously have a few other plots going on. We've got the Russia scene and the Alaska scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopper escapes in Russia, which also is a very good action scene, to be fair. And when he has the peanut butter and, like, cries eating the peanut butter, you can see, like, the desperation in his face, like, in how he... Like, you know, peanut butter for so many people is such a, like, trivial thing and such a normal thing. Uh, yes. Yes, very trivial. <laughs> No, I mean people that can I'd eat I'd die it. for peanut butter. You die. I would die for peanut butter. For people, I mean, I mean as a food, you know? Like it's not, people buy it and it's just mm. considered something that they would have in their house, you know? Mm. Whereas I think you get, you see sort of that desperation on his face and he cries eating it because it's just so much. And I think there's a really impactful scene as well. And I liked the way that they did that. Um, with him getting into the bed and stuff because he's obviously he's quite tall so you know he's quite like a, a big man and you see this like vulnerability and this desperation and this this sort of emotion in him because of how he's been treated and and I think they did that really well and I think you really see kind of the effects of where he's been on him in that scene when he has a a moment to breathe which which I really liked Murray and Joyce get drugged, very out of character, absolutely no way in hell Murray would have drank that coffee. Not a chance, not a chance. For someone that... No way. ...has a security camera to get into his house and ask you to say your name... Yep. (laughs) ...and stuff, into it before he even lets you in... Yep, not a chance. I... Was it an oversight? (laughs) It's annoying because I think there's a few little moments like that throughout season four and I just like a lot of people said it about Robin 
a little bit as well that she changed a little bit from how she was in season three to be honest that didn't bother me so no because it didn't feel like such a drastic change yeah i can get why people were saying it in a sense but i think it's the murray thing yeah there's no way the way he was with the doll showing up Mm. and stuff like the way he yeah no way he wouldn't have drunk that um but obviously yeah that that is a scene that that we see and i think it's quite funny because obviously yuri is is a comedic part of the of the show like he obviously does deliver some funny lines and has some comedic elements, but I think we're forgetting he is doing horrible things. I think so many people have forgotten that he's actually, like, awful. Same as Alexi, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, like, genuinely, it's like, he he's not a good guy. Mm. Nope. Not mm. a good guy. But no, there's no way would he have done that. That's, like, one of my biggest, like, pet peeves of this season and this episode is that Murray would not have drank the coffee. But once again... Plot convenience. Plot convenience. And then finally, we have all of the, the the Max stuff, you know, at the end where she goes to her trailer um, and sees her mum, who's not her mum, it is Vecna. Well, which actually I found quite interesting because when, when they're in the, the graveyard later, Lucas actually says, did something happen? I know something happened back there with your mother. Hmm. How did they know her mum was there? I imagine she said, I'm going to go and see my mum. But she said she just had to do something. She said, I just have to do something. Because Max didn't think her mum was going to be there, did she? Max mm. says to her, when she walks out, she's like, Mum, I thought you were at work. And, you know, it's it's confusing to Max that her mum's there. Because yeah. she said she yeah. was just going to run in and drop the letters off. So mm. Unless something... I don't know. Unless they assume that she was there. If Max is acting a little bit weird. Yeah. You're kind of going, wait, what happened with your mum? Uh, or it's an oversight. <laughs> I think it's probably an oversight because if they saw her mum there, mm. then they'd have seen her mum become Vecna. Is this an episode of Cinema Sins? <laughs> Maybe. But no, I remember him when the first time I heard him say it, I was like, there's no way he would know that her mum was there. Like, mm. that was there. Yeah, unless, you know, she wouldn't have said anything in the car because it doesn't make sense for her to really open up with anything unless she just went, my mum was home. Yeah. Maybe it, it, that could make sense, but we don't we don't see that. So to us, that doesn't make any sense. No oversight. And then obviously we have the the Vecna getting Max and the the Billy the Billy scene. I was a bit reluctant at first with the episode being called Dear Billy and kind of reading the letter to him and stuff. But I actually did quite enjoy the way she was sort of like I wished that we you know could have been like this and stuff. And I, I did like the way that. Like, the stuff that she spoke about in that letter. I thought that was really nice. What I think was very clever as well, not in terms of the episode itself, but in the filming of that. That, that he was done on Zoom. Yeah, that he yeah. was in Australia the entire yes. time. I mean, I imagine they used a do- body double when they needed him. Yeah, because they did touch... He did touch Max's face yeah. a few times. But, oh my God, that was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Just the way that, that whole section was done. That means... No, the one later on was just ripped from season three wasn't it it was yeah yeah but still though i thought you know what good on him yeah <laughs> for having to attempt to do all of that yeah really i mean with nothing to act against i i imagine they didn't really it, it depends if they did it in kind of a studio setting at least they could maybe have someone standing off screen but yeah, yeah I, I thought that was really 
good the way that was done. I feel like we can't talk about that last section without actually talking about how Victor Krill kind of has the origin story. Because obviously we see that, which leads yeah. us then to how they know how to play the music. What is interesting is that the initial trailer we see for the Krills is different to the shot we see in the show. It is. Which makes it even more obvious for the twist, if you really think about it. Oh, yeah. But obviously in the, the the teaser, it's not really a trailer, we see Henry also run up the stairs of his sister, really enjoying mm-hmm. the house. Then obviously in the show, we kind of see him just... He's not out of focus, but clearly we want the, we don't want the focus drawn to him. We're very yeah. aware he's just sort of standing there, not really doing much. But at that moment, our focus is on Victor and his wife. And that whole section, they do that a lot. So yeah. the radio, when that starts going off, he is conveniently cut off from the yeah. screen. He is covered up. And there's a couple of moments where you could argue that his mum is looking at him, but it cuts away near enough, like before the mum dies. There's one shot where it looks like she just looks over him and then she's chucked up in the air and is body, body bones situation. I think that is so good like it's one of those scenes where you watch it in hindsight and you're like oh my god like how how did I not realize and I am fuming because when he says Henry slipped into a coma my my brain was like wait what he didn't die straight away that's interesting and then he says and then he died a week later and then I was like oh okay and I didn't think much more of it obviously it was him like it's so so obvious in hindsight in in every one of those those scenes like like you said there are scenes where it looks like she's looking at him and scenes where he's actually not there but he's supposed to be there but you don't notice that he's not there and like the fact that Alice was the only one having bad dreams not him and like you know it, it is an interesting an interesting discussion with the flashback and everything and and the music Obviously, we find out about it in there. It does make me think about Will in the Upside Down and singing Should I Stay or Should I Go? Um, and kind of clinging on to that. Um, and that we do sort of see that, like, you know, music can reach different parts of your brain and stuff. Like, it makes a few things from other seasons kind of click and make sense. And I I quite like that. I like that that's something which you, you do sort of see scattered throughout. Yeah. I would like the script of that, please. <laughs> I, I think good. that would be a very cool script to see. I It's more... So I, I think it's going to be, as of the other scripts, very similar to what you see in the show. But I would like to know within that if there's parts where it's like, don't show Henry. Or hold on him just that little bit or cut away from Henry. Yeah, I would, that would definitely be fast. Like, definitely would be interesting to see. We, we actually got a message on our Instagram about wanting the scripts for um, Henry in the Upside Down the first time he, he's in, the, or what we assume to be the Upside Down. And, you know, we, we, we're very unlikely to get them, but there's a lot of Henry scenes that would actually be really, really interesting to see as a script and to see how that was kind of directed and what the initial things written down were. So, no, I would, I would definitely love to see that. I would also like to see Jamie Campbell Bowers' book. <laughs> I say this every episode, but I would like to see Jamie Campbell Bowers book. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that Jamie. So thank you. If he that can was... release this, probably after season five, because he still he did his spider diagram with Will in the center. So spoilers, I imagine. 
Yeah. Um, so after season five, JB Campbell, Estelle, please, because you're definitely listening to this. He's definitely, he loves the Hawkins Duke Cobblepot. He, he's a number one fan. He absolutely um, is. So Jamie Campbell, please <laughs> post your book. Thank you. Yes. Thank and you. Good night. But yeah, then obviously Max. Max in Henry's little house. Upside down thingy. I'd like to know how she did get there. Yeah, I wonder if it was just because like, because obviously Chrissy She's running up that hill I, too much. She's running up that hill too much. But I actually do wonder... Running up that building. If... But then it doesn't work for Fred because Fred... Fred falls in a hole. So... No, but I was I was going to say Chrissy is in the trailer. Yeah. Whereas Max is out in the open. So maybe because she just kept running. But Fred is also out in the open. Yeah. But then I guess maybe because Max knew it was coming, maybe she fought more... And then that meant that she got further in to his mind, or maybe he has more power that far in, if that makes sense. So he was like, oh, if I take her to this part of where I am, if I take her into my little red house thing, I, I'm stronger here, so I can hurt her more and make sure I kill her. Actually, you know what? I'm going to refer to the accidentally very in canon Will Byers comic, because now that I think about it, he does a very similar thing in that. And I yeah. believe oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is completely accidental that they have done this because there is no way they would release this and then it kind of makes sense for season four. But out of all the things, this is the only one that has somehow got everything right. Yeah, oh yeah. Like right down to how he used the lights in the upside yeah. down as well. It's freakly accurate. But there is one scene later on, he doesn't end up in the crew house. But he ends up essentially surrounded by bones uh, with yeah. the mind flayer above him. But I'm sure that the space he's in is like this weird sort of red atmosphere. It is, Ned. Yeah, it is, yeah. And so by that logic, he did a very similar thing. He just kept going and running and then eventually yeah. got there. As I said, I, I believe that it is probably completely accidental. But I guess it could make in that sense if you just keep... <laughs> Keep going eventually. If you keep you running up. up that hill. Keep running up. Keep um, running up. If, if they only could. Oh. oh, they would make a deal with God and get them to swap their places. Um, but yes, no, I I am... Um, I wonder, yeah, I, I, I am interested as to why. Mm. But then it's sort of, he immediately, you, you can just see on Vecna's face that he's just so... It's like, what are you doing? He says that, doesn't he? Like, what are yeah, you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? And, like, very surprised by it. And then, obviously, her being able to escape is, like, infuriating to him, but also intriguing to him. Like, you can see that he's annoyed, but also, like, very, like, she was able to get out. Why? But at the same time, though, yeah, we're seeing all these happy memories but by that logic, so is he. Yeah. So I feel like we're probably meant to be thinking, oh, that makes a theory even more interesting then. Unless he's not seeing them because he's not in the part of the brain that music can touch. I know that mm. the memories happen in a different place. By but that music... logic, though, he shouldn't be able to get to the snowball then. That is true. That is true. Because, yeah, memories would also exist in a separate part of the brain. And also he sees Nancy. I have two degrees that focus on the brain and there's me thinking about music and not re- and not taking a little bit longer to clock that music and memories ignite different parts. Yeah. I mean, they can activate at the same time, but yeah, different parts. 
Yeah. But do you mean that they've kind of clocked yeah. all of that? So then he then knows who, who all of them are, essentially. But actually, the only, you know who the only one that isn't, apart from Robin, who isn't? Will. Yeah, Will isn't. Well, he kind of is, but he's out of shot. Just hugs. Yeah. I'm telling you, he doesn't know who Will is. Well, he knows who Will is, but is not aware. But he doesn't know about Will The connection's still there. I mean, it's absolutely not true. And it is the most headcanony, fan thicky thing in existence. But I would like it if it was true. I, I would it'd love really it. Cool it'd be really cool. He just isn't aware that Will still kind of knows And Will then is a super spy. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I do like the Maxime. I do think it was good. And I think it was done well. And I loved the song choice. And I loved that you got to see so much of the friendship and like those that different parts of Max and you know she has spent a very long time feeling very lonely and sad and has pushed people away because of her grief and I think grief is one of the is one of the most loneliest things you know even if you've lost the same person you it's still very personal and very specific and it can cause you to feel so many different ways and can impact so many different things and that's how she's spent the last few months. And I think in that moment you see that she sort of remembers everyone around her that loves her. And it is that kind of push of like, actually, there are all these people that are still here fighting for you. Yeah. Which, obviously, it's not her fault that she's dealing with the grief and everything. But it was nice that she got to see that reminder and you kind of see Max get her, like, kind of fire back not as much but just you see that kind of reignition of it and I think it's really really nice that she has that and obviously the circumstances to which she had that realization were not great because you know back now but you see that she does see that and then at the end where they all hug her she lets herself be really really vulnerable because they're the people that are keeping her safe because they're her friends do you think Vecna knew it would happen that she'd get out yeah I don't know I like, wasn't sure. I go sure. between this. Yeah, I go bet- back and forth. But the only reason I think maybe is because when Nancy has that vision yeah. and Vecna shows her everything and he can say, well, this is still going to happen and this is going to yeah. happen and everyone's going to do this. Yeah, so he knew that it was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Which then, does he know that they were going to attack his body with a... With the fire. Because hmm. that sort of seems a bit of a shock to him. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yes. No, I am I am torn. I am torn by that. I go back and forth. But. I think... I do think he could have got her if he really wanted to. Because I think he tries a bit and then he sort of just watches. And I think he's clocked. I think he has seen all the happy memories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of given him that bit more of a okay i know what to do now yeah i also think he's probably intrigued by her Mm. with how much she fought back yeah and the fact that she does get away i think it intrigues him obviously you have patrick that dies i think an episode or so later so you you obviously still have that but after patrick he doesn't exactly try with anyone else nope it's like he he knows it's max and max Max knows that it's her as well. She knows he's not going to be going for anyone else. No. She can still feel him. Yeah. 
which makes it interesting for Will. <laughs> it does. I like the last scene. I do. <laughs> that's that's all you have to say about yeah. that's actually you're gonna I... cut the rest of the podcast out, so it's just uh we're talking about this episode and it's just Emily going, I like the last scene and then end credits. I think if it didn't have that music, particularly the instrumental one. That was very nice. I think it wouldn't it would still be good, but I think it is a scene that is very much driven by the music. And that is all I will say on that. There are scenes within the show that I have thought were a lot more impactful than that. But as I said, though, I think that episode seven ending of that is perfect. <laughs> and I think that and I also think the end section of episode nine as well. That whole bit there. For yes. me, those bits are more... I don't know. I, I got more from those personally. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't... The moment I think... I, I wouldn't put Dear Billy up there as one of my favourite episodes. I think it would be a bit further down my list than most people. No, I, I think there are other stronger moments within the show. Not for the last scene, um, but I mean, just in general, like there, it's it's not my favorite episode of the whole season, and definitely not of the whole show. No. I I don't quite know why it's number two, as top rated on IMDb. I think that's what I'm trying to get across. I think yeah, I can understand why episode seven is number one, because I would also be up there being like it should definitely be up there with one of the best episodes of the entire show. Yes, I don't quite know why Dear Billy is episode two. Yeah. I'd be very interested to hear other people's thoughts on this. Hmm. That is the question of the week. What does everyone think about Dear Billy? Let us know. Discuss our thoughts and what we've said with us, but also let us know your thoughts and what you think of Dear Billy, because I am interested to see what people think of the whole episode as a whole, because I think a lot of people focus on the end, hmm. which is obviously very good, but I'd, be, I'd like to see every, sort of everyone's kind of whole episode discussions. I think that's my issue with the episode i think it's looked on for those last six minutes but actually look at the whole episode and pick yeah pick i think that that apart. there's some nice moments within it but i i don't maybe that's controversial maybe <laughs> everyone will let us know is is that controversial what are your thoughts on dear comments like Emily is wrong. Emily should be kicked off the podcast. Her Hashtag opinion can- is terrible. Emily is cancelled. Emily, yeah. Cancel Emily. Do you copy? <laughs> yes. Don't cancel me. No, don't cancel. Um, but no, genuinely, let us know your thoughts. Do do that. Do let us know your thoughts. And you can do that at many places. And those places are Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast or YouTube and Tumblr at Hawkins Do You Copy and at some point HawkinsDoYouCopy.com and on Discord at some point too. We've got many at some points. All the things at some point. Yeah, that will also be at Hawkins Do You Copy. Or you can listen to us talk about things that are not Dear Billy and are not overly controversial in opinions, but maybe I are, who knows, um, wherever you can find a podcast. Cool. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. We will see you next time. Over and out.